Welcome, true believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who prefers the cold weather to the hot weather, my reptilian friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Well, if I was a reptilian, I'd be pretty happy because it's, it's it's still pretty hot here. But if I wasn't, I would, wouldn't care either way. Hot or cold is fine. What about you, James B.? I prefer the cold weather. <laughs> the cold rather than the hot. That's like that's like most of my family. But I'm not bothered by either. I am feeling a little whelpish today. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Did you count him? Did you count how many times he says whelp? Uh, it's more than twenty, I would say. Yeah, I, it's, I it's started almost, to when there was five on one page. <laughs> it's almost all he says. <laughs> So, Eddie, most of the time you do the summaries for The Amazing Spider-Mans. Occasionally I do them for the Marvel Tumps when there's junk and I want to get through them quickly. But today I'm going to do the summary for Amazing Spider-Man 165. And that's because I'm holding my copy of The Amazing Spider-Man 165 in my hands. It would grade what they call like a 1.0. Um, it's got a chunk missing on the back, a chunk missing in the front. Uh, staples are still attached. It's a, it's a low-grade book. Uh, but the best of my knowledge, this is the first comic book I ever owned. And I got to tell you, I was usually not proud to say the first comic book I ever owned was The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 165 with Stegron on it. However, I might feel a little differently after this summary. So without further ado, could you take it away? Yeah, I'm thrilled to do the first comic you ever owned um, from February of 1966. It is not from February of 1966. <laughs> We're from 1976. You want to just keep guessing until you get it right? 77? Are we in 77? We're in 77. Okay, okay. From February of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man number 165, Stegron Stalks the City by Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. Spider-Man crashes through a window into an apartment in the city, which is really a hidden lab. Although on the cover, we know Stegron the Dinosaur Man is the culprit. Spider-Man can't figure out who he is facing in the dark, even though he talks just like Stegron. Uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents on site accuse Spider-Man of working with the enemy. So Spidey webs them up and heads home. Speaking of heading home, on this splash page, it says he was heading home when his spider sense started tingling like a cheap electric blanket. I, I really like this simile because it gives me like a real life understanding of what the spider sense feels like. I mean, I've been mildly electrocuted before, right? You, James, me, no? I think so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was really excited about this because now I know what the spider sense feels like when there's danger. Yeah, the first of many great things about this book, Big Surprises. Elsewhere, Dr. Kurt Connors reminds the reader that he suffered through an explosion in The Amazing Spider-Man 164. Helping Spider-Man, uh, which is overtly giving implications that the lizard could be returning. To make matters worse, his old lab partner, Vincent Stegron, shows up and kidnaps Billy, who handles it well. Uh, this kid has grown pretty resilient by now. <laughs> Leaving Connor's instructions and materials back at Doc Connor's lab. An unusually calm Mrs. Connors lets her husband know he terrifies me. What are we going to do? Um, I think, though, Mrs. Connors is the glue that holds this family together. I mean, last time Spidey tangled with the lizard, she was the one, like, instructing both Spider-Man and 
the chemist that was there what to do to save her husband and her family. So I I find this very insightful by you. I was going to put it in my own comments. I saw in the notes you put this down and I said, wow, you know what? That's a really good point by Eddie. I do have a little hard time, though, with your son gets kidnapped and your comment is he terrifies me. What are we going to do? Like, I mean, I think she should be completely a wreck. This so far would be a pretty exciting issue, but our fully loaded issue also contains sections where Peter tells Flash to stop going out with MJ, to which Flash lets Peter know that MJ implied she was available and Flash will put an end to this as he considers Peter a friend. And a date to the planetarium laser light show with MJ and Peter gives the lovers a chance to set ground rules. It appears they are going out, but now taking it slow. I, it's really hard for me to think of the new Flash, and I know we've had the new Flash for a while here, but I, I would really, uh, the old Flash would be playing Peter, right? <laughs> He'd be like, I stole your girl. What you going to do about it? But <laughs> I guess, you know, this he MJ didn't tell him uh, she was a thing with Peter, so he's backing off, right? Yeah, I think the, the fact that Flash says to Peter, like, I consider you a friend, I think that's the biggest writing change. I understand MJ could maybe be going off and on with Peter. I could see her kind of hanging out with Flash. I mean, that all still news to us what's going on. But the fact that Flash looks at him like, uh, no, I'm your friend. I won't do that to you. That's like such a big change. Those guys had been had been battling for, for enemies. years. Total yeah, enemies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of battling, before the pending battle of Stegron and Spider-Man, we are treated to a strange interaction where Dr. Marla Madison is working with J. Jonah Jameson to help him defeat Spider-Man using some cybernetic headgear. During the main event on page 22, Stegron sets a lot of dinosaur skeletons free, and Spider-Man says, He's trying to squash me. Uh, a bunch of skeletons run loose in Central Park, and Stegron fights Spider-Man to a standstill and escapes. Eddie, this excellent story ends with Dr. Connors turning once again into the lizard. Ah, he's back. <laughs> well, I, I was a little bothered by this MJ sequence here because uh, Peter is upset with MJ to the point where he like confronts Flash aggressively. But then he tells MJ after he talks to her for a while about how upset he is and how MJ is going out with Flash. And uh, he says, maybe we'd better, uh, maybe we'd be better if we just let things ride for a while, let water find its own level and all that. Um, does he want a relationship or not? It's, it's it's a confusing situation a little bit for me here. And MJ, I don't know. She's a free spirit. This is, for me, is kind of caging her to a certain extent. Well, it's boring if they're going out, right? Yeah. <laughs> so might as well find a way to mix it up. And, you know, he's not going out with anybody else as far as I can tell. No, no, no. You would be the authority on such things. So she... She shouldn't be going out with him. I've discussed this because he blows her off at every single opportunity. Yeah, I he would blow he blows her off. I mean, I can't believe they're on a date. I can't believe they made it. You know, he, he's yeah. He's I think he, I think next issue he blows her off on like a party or a holiday or something even more tragic than just a simple day. I mean, he's just he's a disaster. I would never go out with this guy. <laughs> he's 
terrible. Well, I actually really like Stegrod in this book, too. He, he's a very brilliant and super powerful, physically powerful adversary for Spider-Man. They, they fight a lot, and it doesn't go well for Spider-Man often. So Yeah, he's kind of focused on one thing. I, I will say I was very happy this... I, in the end, I was surprised how good this book was. I didn't... Uh, I know that you agree, so it's not like I'm skewed because I have the, you know, I have my own copy of this. For my, I, was a, I have two copies. I have like a good one and this trashy one too. But yeah, uh, yeah this was a good book. It, I agree. There was so much stuff in it. It's so fascinating, even from the opening. Like I said, that spider sense, electric blanket tingle, very exciting. <laughs> Eddie, we're gonna we're gonna jam the sponsor in here, and then you can do the second summary. Is that okay for the second okay. book? Okay, sounds good. Eddie. Would you like your daughters to be involved in STEM activities from the comfort of their own home? Uh, yes, that sounds good. Well, Eddie, there's a new club. Well, it's not that new, but now it's a monthly club. It used to just be a different kind of organization. And Eddie, it's not just about building a balloon rocket or stacking 100 cups, which really doesn't do anything to help your daughters and the skills they need for STEM. Eddie, it's about gaining the confidence to crush the competition literally on the back of a 15-ton brontosaurus and literally soaring above peer pressure and tough times at school. Eddie, this is the new online, uh, direct-to-your-home direct delivered courses of STEM activities, yes, from your friends at the Holy Dinosaur Empire. Now listen, Eddie, everything that the Holy Dinosaur Empire does builds the curiosity and science skills for young girls so they don't get marginalized in today's workforce. Regrowing dinosaur skin Hatching dinosaur eggs, combining human and dinosaur DNA are just a few of the activities you can do in your own home. And yes, while they're at home, they can still earn badges such as grab the whelp or threaten the whelp <laughs> or painting. Uh, the Holy Dinosaur Empire is all about making girls better at STEM. Eddie, dads who care will enroll their daughters. Eddie, you must have daughters who are five years or older to participate. You can okay. hit them up on Twitter at Holy Dino EMP, or check out their Facebook page, Holy Dinosaur Empire. Eddie, the Holy Dinosaur Empire, where a father's love for his daughters does not go extinct. I I appreciate return sponsors, James B., but I, I thought I made it quite clear that my daughters riding on the backs of brontosauruses were something we frown upon. This is different. This is different. I understand how you may make the correlation between the Holy Dinosaur Empire, like being a member of it, and yes. the STEM activities in your house. So listen, oh. the difference here is at your house, they'll be working on dinosaur eggs, combining the human and DNA with dinosaurs and regrowing and it, dinosaur skin. That's things so, in your own home. They're not going to be out like, hey, where's my kid? Oh, riding a dinosaur down the street. Like that's different. That's a different geez. thing now. They, so, they've... Sounds like it's going to take a lot of space in my house. I, you know, my house isn't tiny, but... We're going to be growing dinosaur eggs. So you're saying like, hey, my daughter's uh, whatever. Sorry, we have a tiny maybe, house. Maybe they can build me a new shed. And I can be like, okay. That, that can help me out. Yeah. More space advantageous for our dinosaur STEM projects. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I just read the copy. I offer you a chance to get your daughter's oh, so, fatherly sorry. love. You know, apparently the Eddie's love for his daughters will go extinct, as it said in the, in the copy. So we'll just leave it at that. Well, maybe we can maybe we can find something else a little little tamer to do in our household. I, I I'm excited to see what happens to Stegron, though. Yeah. Sure, sure. Just keep here. Keep reading comic books instead of helping your daughter, Eddie. <laughs> well, 
From March of 1977, The Amazing Spider-Man 166, War of the Reptiles Men by Ween, Andrew, and Esposito. I gotta stop on this splash page again. All right, the title of this comic book is War of the Reptile Men. And I see Spider-Man uh, swinging through snow in New York City. This is, I'm not hopeful for a good book here, James B. Well, speaking of the splash page, for those who have are reading the original book or have an mm-hmm. online version with all the pages, the back of the front cover has an advertisement for the movie King Kong Ooh. with a giant King Kong above the city skyscrapers, just like Stegron on the splash page. Oh, and some of the awesome. buildings are the same. So, yeah, that's that's really cool. I like yeah, it's, that. it's excellent. I wish I could share it with everybody, Jeez. but uh that would require me taking a photo, putting on Twitter. You know, that's a little bit of work. So we'll see how it goes. Well, the uh, Avengers aren't home, so Spidey swings off to get help from Kurt Connors to defeat Stegron. But he's attacked by the lizard. Uh, but the lizard is also after Stegron. And instead of fighting, he escapes and slithers into the sewer. Spidey goes back to see how Mrs. Connors is doing and gets a recap of how Stegron kidnapped her son. He terrifies me. What are we going to do? Uh, Spider-Man picks up a Christmas tree and puts it back together, you know, in the Connors household. One of my favorite goofy panels here. He just tips it up. It doesn't even have any ornaments on it. Uh, it's true. There's, well, there's a broken box of ornaments. So, yeah, he, he doesn't redecorate it, I guess. Hmm. Well, well, you had that takeaway. My initial takeaway was I don't understand how heroes and villains who can't control when they change, like the Hulk and the Lizard, always have the same costume. Like the lizard's running around in his lab coat and his purple ripped pants. And I'm thinking, was Scott Connors wearing purple pants when the, when he turned into the lizard? He's always wearing the same outfit. <laughs> He's always got a pair of purple pants underneath whatever pair of pants he has on. This is just, I'm just being, the, I, he rolls. I know you try to make jokes because you like to joke about purple pants, but I'm being serious here. This isn't a problem. Like the lizard always has the same costume. And he's not like the goblin who changes into an outfit or like the Punisher puts on his work clothes. I mean, Doc Hunters can't control when he changes. He, he never changes when he's not wearing his lab coat. He's never like in bed and then he changes the lizard. He's like, oh, you know, he just only changes wearing a lab coat and purple pants. And that's it, by the way. Also, whatever shirt he's wearing, never seen again. Man, can't imagine the lizard being in a different outfit. That would be wild. Well, you know, I did notice in this in this book, he knows he has to go after Stegron to, um, in his words, what, help the human um, because Billy's been kidnapped by Stegron. Yeah, so the lizard, Kurt Connors, has some control over his lizard self? Yeah, like the aforementioned Hulk, he seems to change his abilities depending on the writer, right? I guess so. Well, uh, meanwhile, with the help of Marla Madison, J. Jonah gets big news. He finally has a new spider slayer. (coughs) And across town, Flash and Harry are having a Christmas party at which Harry announces bigger news. He is engaged to Liz Allen. There's some generational robot evil here. Um, Marla is the daughter of Smythe, Dr. Smythe, right? Is that what what we're saying? If that's true, that's the fifth time a child of a villain has appeared as a villain. (laughs) I, I just, Dr. Smythe has been around. He built so many robots and clearly she knows um, how to build a robot. So what kind of childhood did Marla have? Just just surrounded by 
evil robots at all times and her <laughs> dad in his lab i guess just playing around i don't know uh, at this point i thought this book was like over because so many things are going on in the book um but we're, i'm going to continue on here uh, back in stegron's underground lair he is a retro generating flesh onto his skeletal dinosaur army but is interrupted by the lizard who has come to save connor's son while the two bayful reptiles battle, Spidey is above ground, slowing down Stegron's quartet of dino baddies. He webs the dino goons and dives below ground to enter the villainous fray going on. I know we both noticed this, but Spidey slightly webs the dinosaurs like in the face for a moment, and then he just says something like, ah, we'll leave him for the police to handle. We both noticed this. We both were like, number one thing in your notes, like the police are going to handle the dinosaurs better. <laughs> With the little webbing of him? Jeez. Well, well. once he's underground, Spidey thwips uh, the lizard in the mouth with a formula that changes him back into Doc Connors, which gives Stegron a chance to surprise attack. Uh, Steggy sharanks Spidey, grabs Billy, and heads to the surface. Uh, atop his T-Rex, Stegron appears unbeatable. But Spidey snatches Billy, and just as the battle looks hopeless for Spidey, the dinosaurs melt away. Doc Connors has reversed Stegron's retro generator, and without his dino goons, Stegron flees. In the park, Stegron is defeated by winter, and Spidey wishes everyone a Merry Christmas. Yeah, I was thinking how great Stegron has been as I was in the middle of this issue, and wondered, why haven't I heard more about this guy as like a top-level villain? And I thought, oh, you know what? Bet she's going down this issue. I have a feeling something's going to happen to Stegron. And I think I could have came up with the fact that he's going to be like falling in the ice because that way there, he sort of could be frozen if we need him to come back in the future. Or if you don't want to, he's just, you know, he's out of commission. It's one of those drowning slash falls into the, you know, the water. Easier than the volcano people. Those guys who fall in volcanoes, they come back, but it's harder to justify. Yeah, he just in the frozen lake here. I I really, I knew this was going to happen, right? We knew this was going to happen. I can't believe it didn't happen to the lizard, actually, because it's snowing outside, and we know he always gets defeated by the cold because he's a reptile. But I really liked a lot of things in this book. It was packed with all sorts of stuff, kind of like the last one, too. I mean, Jay Jonah's in here getting his robotic spider slayer back. Nice, nice book. So many relationship situations between Peter and Flash, Flash and MJ, Peter and MJ, Liz and Harry. You know, there are things that we couldn't even squeeze in there that like, you know, Glory Grant is walking in with uh, Joe Robbie's son, Randy Robertson. Like, you know, little things that might have been a big mention for us in, in previous podcasts. We never have a lot to say, but this thing was so crowded. We had, to, we had to cut things just to get through this podcast. You know, one of the plot points I did really enjoy, even though, you know, I didn't like the main plot, is that Kurt Connors obviously worked with Stegron and he would be an expert at, you know, transforming things into things since he did it to himself and Stegron kind of too. So like, this is a perfect for once, like the perfect scientist, you know, sometimes they're like, why is Kurt Connors, you know, helping out this biologist, I guess. But it was good to see that they were utilizing their skills appropriately. The book recapped 166 recapped 165, but 165 didn't recap Stegron's first appearance in Marvel Team-Up. And one thing that was left out that they should have really mentioned is that Stegron cannot be turned back into Vincent Stegron. Like, he's mm -hmm. stuck in his position. Yeah. Uh, 
that, you know, I think a new reader would be like, why don't we just change this guy back? <laughs> right. The lizard is. So no problem. Another thing I had a question about was there were some panels that seemed to be absent. I know that when I have to go back and read a panel twice. And one of them was when, you know, when Segron's like kind of crawling in the ice and then all of a sudden in the next panel, you just see his hand in the ice. Like you don't really see him fall in. You hear it, but there's yeah. no drawing of him falling in. But the one that bothered me a little bit more was I don't remember Spider-Man whipping up the anti-Doc Connors concoction and getting it ready. I just saw him like shoot it into his mouth. Like there was seem to be like, we'll skip over those panels right there. It's going to surprise the reader. Yeah. I mean, I won't, I don't complain because it's an awesome way to like deal with the lizard. So I was happy that happened. Well, Eddie, if people want to tell us something about Stegron that we didn't cover because it was so much, how could they find us? <laughs> Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. And now it's time for the close. I'm James B. joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if a supervillain is destroying your city, or if dinosaurs are running wild, or aliens are attacking, just remember the police can handle it. Goodbye. Bye. Eddie, what did you think of these books? I found them so good. Really, really surprisingly good. When <laughs> I had very low hopes when I was seeing snowing reptiles fighting each other. But jam-packed. I, you know, one, uh, one thing I thought was funny. We get a look at the new Spider Slayer, right? <laughs> you know, and I looked at this Spider Slayer. They, like, reveal it. And Jano, Jano's like, yes, I got my Spider Slayer again. But doesn't this look a lot like the first Spider Slayer? No, it, do, it does. It does look like the first one. <laughs> and I was like, man, Marla is playing J. Jonah. She's like, I'm just going to recycle this thing from my dad's warehouse. <laughs> I mean, he's how much money has J. Jonah paid this family? It must be incredible. There, he got this note a few issues ago, and I thought it was some he had some, you know, some real good dirt on Peter or on. It was photos of Peter the, and the clone the and clone. the smokestack and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and And this is what comes out of it the spider slayer yeah I, I, that doesn't make any sense i agree <laughs> well well I, I have a theory on why these books are so good you want to hear it yeah i do um so spectacular spider-man came out uh i forgot to write it down a few months well, before this book right right because this is now three issues of spectacular have been out these we're, we're kind of doing them in the correct order so yep right and archie uh, goodwin is uh-huh. writing and editing spectacular so Lynn Wein was like, ooh, we got competition. We better up our game. And so I think they sat down and they're like, we got to make sure we're doing better than those other guys. Right? No? Yeah. I think that's a great theory. That, 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 we've been having so many bad books. I, this was a brilliant... I thought this was... I mean, this bothered me a lot when I was a kid. I'm like, why can't we just have one Spider-Man more often, you know? But now that I'm reading it like you know, right now, back to back, it's a great move to pit these two writers kind of against each other to write better books than each other. So.